On this episode of Mike Coscarelli Rules, what does it take to be controversial in 2021? Is Lil Nas X currently the most scandalous pop figure in the world? And does anybody still actually care about Easter? That's a tease, and this is Mike Coscarelli Rules. He is so cute. (laughs) Mike Coscarelli? Mike Coscarelli. (laughs) Mike Coscarelli is here as well. He's the producer for this failing fucking radio show. A big hand for Mike, something Italian. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mike Coscarelli Rules. I am failed comedian Mike Coscarelli. Very happy that you're still listening to the show and you're joining me. Not going to do a whole lot on the introduction here. Um, Not a whole lot to say. Recording this part of the episode uh, on Easter, Ronnie and I recorded a little me and her episode, a little get to know you episode just us catching up because this last week was just an absolute nightmare um very busy we had easter stuff going on i had to come out to my parents place in new jersey it was a hold to do so i was trying to get this thing out before the end of the week we just didn't get to it so this week you're gonna have two episodes we're recording uh something later on in the week so you're gonna get this one today on monday uh, and then you'll get another episode on thursday and we're probably gonna get to a place where You guys are just going to get a couple of episodes a week whenever I can get them out. So I would say start expecting two a week. It's just unclear as to when that's going to start. But more episodes are going to be rolling in. You have to see this rig that I have set up at my parents' place right now. It's amazing. I'm laying on the bed that I grew up masturbating uh, in when I was a teenager uh, laying here on my side, on my left hip. Uh, I have the microphone stand... um, uh, arched over the bed, pointing at my face. So I'm literally recording this laying in bed. It's really something to be seen. Uh, definitely different than, than what I do at home. But, um, you know, we do. I do what I have to to get you guys content. The other thing I just wanted to note, um, when Ronnie and I recorded this, we were recording this in anticipation to release it before Easter. We did not release it before Easter. So some of the things that we're going to talk about uh, are going to sound weird because they sound perhaps... Uh, retroactive. We're talking about Easter as if it's upcoming, as opposed to Easter, uh, which just happened today. Guys, I ate so much food. My mom made such a great spread. Um, Eggplant parm, baked clams, ravioli, a big pot of gravy with some meat, some meatballs and some sausage, Uh, the arancini, the rice balls. I mean, you name it. It was on the table. I'm so stuffed and I can't believe I'm even, I even have the energy to record this right now, but that's what I do for you the listener. So I hope you like this episode. You're going to have another one this week with a guest, uh, working on putting that together now and, uh, stick with us. We have a lot of fun stuff planned and in the very near future, I will be giving you as much content as I can. So before we get to me and Ronnie, please do the usual stuff, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend, put it on an Instagram story. I know that's asking for a lot, but you know, whatever. If you leave a great review, I promise I'm going to start shouting them out. So that's more incentive. If you haven't left a great review yet, please do it. So now that we've taken care of new business, I'll see you on the other side in just a few seconds. Okay, we're back here on Mike Coscarelli Rules. Um, So this week, Ronnie and I decided 
that we're going to do sort of a reset episode. I kind of mentioned it uh, early on in the first half of this episode, but um, this week we weren't trying to go and grab a big flashy guest. Also, everybody's booked. Everybody's out of town and everybody's (laughs) it's about to be Easter and everybody is kind of fleeing New York City once again. And, you know, people's availabilities were not what we were hoping they would be. Um, that's just a peek behind the curtain. Realistically, we wanted to do this reset episode because my stupid big project is done and we can focus on this show again, but I was burned out, man. By the end of the last week, we ended, uh, by the end of this week, when the project was done, I, I could not, I tried for days to sit here and really plan a, a real show. And I thought, why? What's the point? There is no point. You want to hear from me and you want to hear from Ronnie. And I think that this is a great episode uh, for us to kind of cross over a little bit. We get to we should learn a little bit more about the people that work on this show and runtime. But um, we value you so much, Ronnie. Thank you for being here. Uh, We have a couple of things to talk about. It's Easter weekend. Uh, and that's why a lot of people are leaving town. Uh, It's also kind of spring break at the same time, which is it's funny that that even exists this year, given everything that's going on. But um, looking at Easter, what, what what is your ethnic background? Side is German, but my dad was adopted, so I'm not technically German, I don't think. Were you raised uh, in any sort of religion at all? You were raised Catholic. Okay. All right. So I'm Italian and Jewish as well, so we we missed Pesach. We'd never do Pesach. We've done Passover like twice in my lifetime in my family. Um, it's not really a, a big hit for the Coscarellis <laughs> to do Passover, but we've done it a couple times. Uh, it's much less fun than Easter. Easter is actually sneaky. Uh, it's one of the sneaky big holidays in an Italian household. Uh, if you're actually Catholic, which I, I was raised Catholic, but loosely Catholic, like we weren't really, we were Catholic in the sense that, um, we would go through spell like like little periods where we were more Catholic uh, than we actually were. You know what I mean? Like there would be I remember I went to CCD and I did all that stuff when I was a kid. And there would be times where where my parents were really my mom, I guess, would get sort of um, uh, she would get the urge for us to have a month where we go to church every Sunday. And then after that month, we would just kind of stop. <laughs> and I don't know what would cause it if it was the fact that my mom saw somebody that we knew, like somebody around town who said they were. I don't know why that was the case, because I don't think that we've actually been religious really for I can't even really remember. It's been forever. But um, were you raised religiously Catholic at all? Oh, yeah. I was the you every were? Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was raised really very Catholic. Yep. I that is surprising t- <laughs> to me. Can't tell now. Yeah. Long gone. But every Sunday, go to church. Every Sunday, go to CCD. I was in the church choir until I was like 14. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. I know all the songs. So when did you stop with your uh, your theology? When did you ease up? Um. I, so the, the whole, my parents' whole thing was like, you get confirmed and then it's up to you. So all my siblings were like, after freshman year, we were all kind of like, eh, we don't want this. Okay. So in terms of your actual beliefs, did you, when you were going through all of that as a kid, did you believe what you were kind of learning about? And, and, uh, when you were attending church, was that something that was important to you? Did you actually think that that was legitimate? 
Um, or were you always kind of like, I don't know about this, but my parents are telling me I have to go. So I'm going. Yeah, no, not really. And the other thing is my dad is like the biggest cynic ever and would sit there like passed out asleep in church. So I would look around and be like, well, this isn't really important. So, and also everyone was so passionate and I was sitting there being like, I'm not on the same level as you. So I kind of always knew like we are other people in your family. No, no, no. Other people in the church. Other people. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I, I never really, I don't think that anybody, it's odd. I, I could see that when my, when my, my family was never really religious that I can remember. We were religious in the sense that we would go to church on the holidays. So we'd go to Christmas mass. We'd go to Christmas Eve mass, really most of my childhood You're until priesters. there was like a point were what priesters christmas and easter christmas and easter yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, were that those are the type of catholics that we were at the time and uh essentially sometime i guess in my late teens is when we kind of were like we're not doing this anymore right we don't have to do this anymore and things started kind of like dissolving but it was also we never fully i don't know that i ever fully bought into the whole thing i th- i think it's like a very um Religion is, it's an easy answer to the chaos that exists. And I think I would, I would love to be religious. I really do. Cause it is an absolute nightmare in my brain sitting here thinking about I, the, during this pandemic when we've had all this alone time, I've been so consumed by the, like the, what is this question? Cause I haven't had people to talk to. I haven't been going out. I haven't all of the, the life distractions that exist that kind of get you out of your head, they're gone. And if you are a religious person, you have your answer pretty easily. What happens when we die? What happens? It gives you a code to live by, you know, the the Ten Commandments, the teachings of Christ and everything, all of that stuff. And it is, it's good. I mean, who can argue with the Ten Commandments? Like, when you really think about it, who can argue with like, don't kill anybody, uh, don't cheat on your wife or somebody else's wife. Like don't, you know, basic, the basic rules of society, like, like let's keep ourselves out of utter chaos. You know, they're not, those aren't the things that I ever had issues or questioned as a, a young Catholic person, but it started like Easter is the great example. The things that were actually faith-based because we've had so much science and we have so much, there's so much more information now that just disproves so much of it. It does make it really hard to be somebody that I don't even want to say supports science, but believes science, you know, believes the, the things that, uh, the absolute laws of science, it makes it really hard to, consider anything faith-based and i think that that was where it started becoming like an issue for for me as a young person to say like how the hell he was just missing from the cave and they were just like he rose to heaven that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me there's no other explanation for what could have happened like a bear couldn't have gotten to him they're in a cave you know like something there were just so many things that even just like learning about these stories i was i couldn't fully buy in and i think that the one thing that I did and have always liked about the holidays 
is the idea that you can kind of get together with family and and again Easter in an Italian household. Like I can't wait for Sunday. My mom is going to be cooking up a fucking storm. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of uh, you know big antipasts on on the as the first course with some baked clams and some some uh, eggplant, delicious shit, and then a big pot of gravy and some meat. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But in your household, when you were growing up, was that the same type of thing? Did you guys have, was Easter a big holiday? Did you guys have any sort of ethnic get together uh, based around that holiday or any holiday really? Do, do you, do you, do you associate a holiday with your ethnicity at all? Whether it's Christmas, Easter, whatever. With my ethnicity? Not really. No. Cause I, I mean, I don't know half of it. I know, I guess sort of, I'm, I'm Irish on my mom's side. So I know that. And I think we would have some Irish dishes, but on my dad's side, it's just, I don't know anything. So it was really just your standard, like have a ham on Christmas and have (laughs) do eggs on Easter, the, the very, very standard stuff. But what you were saying about, you know, asking the questions and not having the answer to, it was very similar to me when I was a kid, because I'd I'd be in religion class and I'd ask these questions, very logical questions as a kid. And this adult, this full ass person would not have an answer. And I'd be sitting there like, well, all right, they're just dancing around the lines. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, unfortunately, the people that were teaching CCD were not necessarily, at least in my case, were not like the smartest people. They were just the most religious in a lot of cases. My mom actually taught CCD. And I guess that's like one of the exceptions to the rule where she was an actual teacher who was, I think it's because we were kids and we were like involved in the church. But um, I I just remember having a lot of teachers. Did you really? Yeah. And that's how you know they're not qualified because I didn't know what I was talking about. Because you did it? Yeah, exactly. I did it for like uh, for college credit or something like that, like for my resume to get into college. Yeah, I was like, this would be good. Me and my friend did it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they don't care. So the reason the reason that I brought all this stuff up is because I, I, I wonder if if religion at this point is something that is not really um be I don't want to say being taught necessarily, but Culturally, when we have these these moments, because we're going to get to Lil Nas X in a little bit, and I think this is a good way to kind of go from that into this. Um, maybe it's because we're in a bubble and and we're in New York, and obviously you're in LA right now, which is the same same satanic, demonic, uh, <laughs> uh, godless land, <laughs> you know. But um, I do wonder if the generations, because I, I don't I don't have any friends that are religious at this point. And if, even if they are, they're more spiritual, I guess, because I guess I would even consider myself somewhat spiritual. I, I kind of find it hard to believe that there's like not something going on, but who the fuck knows what that is. And I think that you find more people that are like me who are like, I believe in something energies and what, what have you. But I don't know a lot of people that directly believe in like a Catholic religion or even my friends that are that are Jewish, actually Jewish, not Jewish the way that I am ethnically somewhat Jewish. I don't think that they fully they don't think they believe that the word of the of the Lord, like word for word or straight up. I, I don't know anybody like that. Do you do you know any young people that are kind of and I sound 100 years old asking you about other young people, but do you know do people in their 20s, early 20s or even I mean, I'm sure you probably have some some kids that are like 18, 19 in your life. Are there anybody? Is there anybody that's like, yeah, man, I am just I'm super religious. And that's like what it is. 
I don't know anyone that is like very Christian. I know people that are fully denouncing Christianity and Catholicism now, but I do know yeah. people who are are very connected to the Jewish faith, actually. Okay. Uh, I was living with two people who are Jewish and actually learned a lot. I myself am not Jewish, but we would have like Seder dinners. And I don't think that they are really like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say anything wrong because I don't, I don't know too much about Judaism, but I no, say it. Just say it. <laughs> well, I don't think say they're it. really like reading the Torah and, and practicing what's preached, but I think yeah. it's more, and I, and I do see this uh, of like a, with a lot of young people, it's kind of like a reclaiming of the Jewish faith and like hmm. re-implementing it into society now and like reading it as like interpreting it into their own words, I guess. Yeah. Well, it, it, speaking from the the Catholic viewpoint, I, I find it hard. You know, we have convers we've had conversations recently, quite a few about Gen Z and and what their sort of the main pillars of their belief system is, which is hilarious that these children already have like a sort of like a, a manifesto of like what they're into and what they believe politically at such a young age. But um, the Catholic Church has a terrible terrible track record with gay rights even still even though the pope has come out and, and said positive things um that seem like they are progressive towards the lgbtq community especially now more so than any time in recent history i feel like people are experimenting way more with their sexuality and identifying more as some sort of member of the lgbtq community whether it's you know, bisexual, homosexual, or, you know, there's so many different labels now that are not recognized by the Catholic church. It does seem a little weird to me that somebody that can be that young being raised in the current culture that they're being raised in could really buy into Catholicism, you know? And I think that that is one of the the things that I, I find kind it's kind of weird to me because I, I, I think that I personally at this point, and I kind of hate to admit this because it sounds, it sounds, it's almost, it's bigotry on my part, but I am kind of weirded out when I know somebody that is religious, that I, that is like religious in a sense that like Catholicism or Christianity is a perfect example. Like I had an, uh, my ex-girlfriend for a, a little period when she got to New York was going to, um, Hillsong which is a little more cultish than they're not quite the Catholic church, but she was going there for the first like month she was in New York. She was going to Hillsong every Sunday and was like asking me to go with her. And I was like, no, this is weird that you're, she would bring home literature on it. Like she brought home a magazine once about it. And I remember just thinking like this, what the fuck? Like, this is cr insane. I didn't know that you did this. This is kind of weird to me, you know? And then eventually, like every other Catholic, she stopped going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I remember thinking like, wow, this is bizarre. And this is really weird. And like, I and there's been times in the past where, you know, using her as the example, I don't think she's religious, but she had come out to, to my parents' place on Easter one year and we went, I had to go to church with her. My mom kind of, I mean, my mom was not necessarily wrong by saying this, but my mom was like, my, my sisters will still go. And my, I guess my dad out of just habit will still go on Easter to a mass or whatever. And, um, my mom just out nudges me. Alexis was going to go. She was like, 
She's like, yeah, I'll go with you guys in the morning. Like, that's cool. And I was like, have fun. I'm not fucking going. There's no chance. Like, like, forget it. And my mom's like, if she's going, you have to go. You can't just, you can't just let her go to church with your dad and your sisters. Like, that's fucked up. And I was like, I begrudgingly was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I guess I got to go. And then we went. And again, this is like, to me, this also solidifies the fact that it solidifies my stance on why I think it's so stupid, but we went and it's a church that has a Catholic school attached to it. So in the community, there were so many people that went to church on Easter at the the 12 o'clock mass or whichever mass it was that there was spillover. So there was a mass in the church and there was a mass in the gym of the school. And I remember we were in the gym and I remember thinking, what the fuck are we doing here? There's no reason for us to be here because this is, this defeats the, we're not in a church. We're in a gym. (laughs) So doesn't this defeat the whole purpose of going in the first place? We're not even in a church. So we didn't go to church. So is it just like mass could take place anywhere priests can be, or, or is it just like, none of this makes any sense. And I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? If you uh, knowing what you know, because, you know, generations get smarter and smarter as we go. There's more technology and there's more information out there. Do you have the same sort of uh, bigoted feelings that I have when you talk to somebody that in modern times, at least here, I can sort of understand it culturally in the South or the Midwest or whatever. It is kind of part of American culture in those places. It's I don't feel like it's the same here. Do you have the same sort of thoughts when you find out that somebody is like, really into their religion i would say i i don't really only have those thoughts about like christianity and it's okay. which it's it's probably because of my own like i i feel like i'm traumatized by the catholic church like it's in what way I, oh so many ways <laughs> just tell I, me unless it's inappropriate then no tell no a, it's, uh, it's not an authority figure no no okay. no oh no 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 <laughs> but it's the thing of like <laughs> being just being a part of this organization for so long and then growing up and figuring out who you are and having your own beliefs and being like oh that was really fucked up and like so many things that they would preach to us and like ccd like they were so homophobic and like all about they would preach like come to us like come with us to this like anti-abortion rally and these are like yeah. 13 year olds yeah and so i yeah, do the, remember though yeah i remember seeing those too and and that was a that was i, I that was that i forced me to have a conversation with my mom about abortion at a pretty young age yeah we had a conversation where i was like what is abortion like what is any of this stuff because there were old ladies with the signs that were but it's insane that the generation gap is what it is because we still had this is how when i was a kid we still had people that were alive that were people's grandparents or whatever that were alive in the depression era or or maybe a little bit after the depression era where we would go to church and and there were still old women that would wear like church hats to to church because that my my grandma did that still really she was really really she, i mean so because my dad was adopted my grandparents were like super super old yeah. and so we would go to her i i forget what what it wasn't lutheran it was a lutheran mm. church and she would wear like a church hat and sing really loud and it was it was that whole thing. And she was born in like, yeah, like 1920 or something like that. Yeah. Even the mass itself is like a Catholic mass is fucking depressing, isn't it? I'm thinking yeah. now of those yeah. loud singers, like you just said, and they're singing these, yep. these Psalms so loud to this just 
gut-wrenching organ, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the whole experience. I remember I, I couldn't even, I used to get in trouble for like yawning and in, in, uh, in church, too. like putting your arms yep. up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know. It's insane that all of a sudden there's this conduct that yeah. you have to obey because you're like in church. The idea, the yawning, it's so funny that you bring that up. The yawning thing really is insane. The, the, the fact yeah. that you can't, it's Sunday morning. I can't yawn. I'm like 11 years old. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm exactly. being disrespectful. I yawn in the house. I yawn everywhere else. Like I'm not being a dick, but we would also get yeah. in trouble for like playing in the pews, which is probably a yeah, little yeah, more yeah. Ju- warranted, you know? Like yeah. my brother and I would like pinch each yeah, other. And all yeah, we shit. did that too. Yeah. We did that too. We yeah. me and my sister would be punching each other in the shoulders. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we would also be lifting up the uh, the kneelers and and playing with them. And by, I, I, you, when you were a kid, you don't fully. You're just. It's just so fucking boring that you're just stuck there. The worst is also if you get a priest that is like. Um, that's like old. old well so we had a fun, we had a really cool priest when i was a kid we had this guy father crowley who was awesome and he was like the only reason honestly he's one of the only reasons why church was kind of bearable because he wasn't i don't think he took this seriously at all i think that there is a time i think where like and i don't know if it's like that anymore but if you were just a fuck up i think you ended up in the priesthood like there's a lot of people that were fuck ups gay uh, and, and, and then you obviously have people that got into it because they are like staunchly, uh, religious, but father Crowley was one of these dudes. He was from Ireland. Uh, he went into the priesthood and he just was, he was a drunk, like, and he was funny. Like he was like fun to hang out with. It didn't, it seemed like he was barely a priest, you know? And I remember him <laughs> telling us a story once. Um, I think it was an Ash Wednesday and he told the story about how, when he was, his sermons were great. It was like watching like a Chris Rock special. Cause he would, he would do like 20 minutes. He would keep them kind of short and then he would just keep them fun and funny. You know, they were never like fire and brimstone ever. Um, and he told this story once where it was an Ash Wednesday. I think I'm getting this right. It was an Ash Wednesday. He was a young priest. He was like new and he was, I assume drunk and fucked up and like whatever they used to burn to get the ashes he ran out of or he didn't have and he he didn't burn the right thing and he didn't he didn't have the stuff so he just smoked a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and he put them in the ashtray and that's what he used to give people the blessing on their forehead he just smoked a bunch oh of cigarettes and said fuck it uh and he was telling that story and he's like everybody's laughing and it's like a great time and um you know that was the type of guy that was fun to that the church was fun when he was there, you know, but then you'd have yeah. another church. There was another guy that, that came to the, to the, uh, uh, congregation at a certain point who was like a, like a zealot. Actually, that might be around the time my parents stopped going. If I remember right. Cause I remember my dad saying something. There was, there was a sermon that this guy gave that was like, he was talking about pornography and like the pornograph, mm-hmm. the, uh, the pornographers and, and like, like how, um, just how like the society was slipping and all this stuff. And I remember my dad, like we were leaving. My dad was like, that fucking guy's like out of his mind. <laughs> like that's, that was too much, you know, like this guy's yeah. out of this guy's, he's being way too extra for, for church right now. This is like even too much for me. And I think that that was right. I, I'm thinking about it now. That would make a lot of sense for when we like timeline wise, why we kind of stopped going. Yeah. But all this stuff again is important. Cause I think it, it, it's a marker for where we are at culturally. And, um, 
Lil Nas X, who, if you're not familiar, he had a moment this week. He he released a new song. It's number one. Uh, I've been fucking playing it all week. I think it's a banger. Uh, it's called Call Me By Your Name. Is that right? Call Me By Your Name. And then there's a... I think it's... Uh, Montero is the name. I, so I think his name is Montero. Yeah, Montero. And then Call Me By Your Name. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so his name is Montero, and that's why his thing. But his like stage name is Lil Nas X, and the song is about uh, a guy he met last summer, and I guess had a fling with. Um, and the video is insane. The video is like he's wearing like fake um, uh, uh, contact lenses that are like colored. He has these very long dreadlocks. He's like not wearing a lot of clothes, and the whole video is about him um, riding a stripper pole all the way down to hell and fucking Satan. Do I have that right, Ronnie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. like in a nutshell. That's yeah. what the video is, right? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> Amazing. It's art. It's art. <laughs> it's art. <laughs> so that's the video. The song really is a fucking banger. It's great. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, yeah. And to accompany his, his song as part of the promotional push, he did this, um, he did a custom release of uh, an Air Max 97, which is a very popular Nike shoe. He collabed with a Brooklyn streetwear company and he made a custom version of these sneakers. They're black sneakers. They have the uh, pentagram on them. So it's the mark of Satan. And then the base of the shoe has human blood in it. <laughs> uh, so he's now being sued by Nike, uh, him and the streetwear brand, because Nike was like, what the fuck? <laughs> we didn't okay this. <laughs> this is the, we, we have nothing to do with this because there was huge backlash. Uh, Twitter and the news. There's so many people that thought that this was too much. So to start this conversation, because um, I'm a I, I I am a little Nas X fan, and I think that it's awesome that he came out. Um, Old Town Road was a huge hit, and he's riding this sort of um, this momentum that he had for a while, where he was you know he had so much exposure from that song being so popular, and the fact that it had controversy around it because. People were trying to decide if it's a country song. Why is it not a country song? It's got horses in it. It's got all the same shit that a lot of country songs have. So why can't this hip hop song sung by this black kid be a country song? And that propelled it to sort of the the lengths that it, uh, the heights that it went to. Um, But coming out of the closet when he did very brave move, I think, because he had way more to lose than to gain by coming out and, and, um, uh, ad- admitting that he uh, was a homosexual or however he identifies, but a member of the LGBT community. Um, so I really admired him for that. And I think he just makes awesome music. It's just like fun to listen to. And it's, it's, it's um, clearly he's exploring the limits of what you can do as an artist, which I think is cool. Um, Cause art now is if you're a musician, you're also a social media person. You're also a music video director and, and all that stuff. So, this is a very controversial thing. This might be the beginning of him being a controversial figure. I guess in some ways he has been a little bit just because he's, you know, he's big on Twitter. He says a lot of things. Um, but again, your age group, who do you think is the most, who's the most controversial person, artist, let's say, because there's contra- like the, 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 the Pauls are controversial, but they're not, they're they're like professionally controversial. They're not actually um, 
provoking anything with something that they make. They're just professional spectacles. You know, Lil Nas X, at least as a musician, he makes things and sometimes they um, end up being controversial. But who do you think your generation's controversial person is and how bad do you think they've been? I mean, the the person that came to mind, which it, she's not even really a part of my generation and she's kind of now her controversy is a pastime. But Miley Cyrus is the first name that popped into my head when you said that. So yeah. Miley, you think, is the most controversial person i think that she has stirred up the most controversy in the last few years i would i would Do you think. think so what what were the big controversies the vmas the just every any photo of her partying or smoking weed ever it was just those few years where like she was under fire for literally everything she did and it was considered controversy i don't know i don't know why that's the name that popped into my head but in terms of someone around my age, oh. yeah, like who's your Eminem or Howard Stern? Like we, when I was a kid, those were the Stern was controversial before I was a kid. He was controversial when I was a kid too. But like Eminem is the one that when I was a kid, he was synonymous with like he represented. There were so many little Eminems in my high school. Kids that were like dropping out of high school that were like, this is my fucking guy. Like he's saying some crazy shit. And America, America at large hated him. I was not allowed to listen to Eminem when I was a kid. I had to sneak that. I had a friend that had a CD player when I was in camp. He fell asleep on a bus when we were like going to a, (laughs) so, you know, you go, went to like poor kids camp. One of our, our camp trips was a rock quarry somewhere in New Jersey. (laughs) So we were going to the rock quarry and we had, uh, we were taking a bus home and this kid fell asleep and had, um, the Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, and I was like just listening to it on his headset. And like I, to this day, I don't know if my mom knows <laughs> that I did that, but oh my God. like uh, he was the guy where it was like anytime he dropped something, it was controversial. Like and now it, 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 it's he's come up in the last couple of weeks where I think people are retroactively trying to cancel him. But I, I, he's beyond it's it's that's that is never going to happen. Like it's also the controversial Eminem period is kind of over. That was in the nineties, like the very late nineties and 2000. But anytime that guy did anything, it was huge news, you know? And it was also linked to the things he was saying, the things he was doing. Like you are never not gonna remember this. I'm sure. But like he, people thought that he was a homophobe because he would say faggot a lot in, in his songs, um, which, you know, I would, I would say I got, that is evidence <laughs> that that somebody might yeah. be homophobic, but it's like he to to not to prove that he wasn't homophobic, he would do a song with Elton John at the Grammys or the or the VMAs or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was stuff yeah. like that where it's like, did you hear what this guy is going to do? It's insane. Or he did a song about killing his wife or things that yeah. were just not um, at all at that time. Nobody had done them before. They just weren't really acceptable, yeah. but it's insane. Cause he was a homophobe. But at the time that was still a part of uh, a, a time in America where the country was still homophobic too. Like gay yeah. rights was, that was like a big talking point because gays like, like a gay marriage was not legal, not even really close to legal. So it's odd to me that all of a sudden it was like, like he, that dude could never really win other than with children, you know? Like thirteen year olds were like fucking Eminem, yeah. That's why I'm thinking that I mean, Smiley is not quite the same experience, yeah. you know. I want to say Kanye, but 
that's too obvious of an answer. And also he's been around for so long, but I, I think it's gotta be Tyler, the creator. Really? Yeah. He's, he's cooled down a little bit, but that his first album, uh, Goblin is like some of the darkest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Pretty controversial. And I guess he was also, he's also on that, that wave where like people can't, don't know his sexuality because there's a lot of rumors about like what, what he, you know, um, like him and Jaden Smith possibly like yeah, yeah, being yeah. together. And he or doesn't whatever. care. Like he he'll make jokes about it and like say and he'll he'll be joking about it and then be like fag, whatever. Like yeah. just yeah, saying whatever he wants. So I feel like it's probably That is actually care. a pretty good one. I, I can get that. Yeah. Um I can't I can't think of anyone like there's I, maybe there's just too many people that I can and like too many people just like stirring up controversy that I can't think of anyone recently, but He's probably the the name that I would remember most. Well, again, old old person to young person. What's controversial for you guys these days? Is it more controversial to to have like a like a conservative or a Republican point of view on something? That would I feel like would be more controversial. When I was a kid, that was not the case. It was the other way. It was like the, the again going back to um, like the Eminem thing or or. There, there were some things that were controversial that looking back, they seem silly that they were controversial. Like when Sinead O'Connor, I was like really little when that happened, but Sinead O'Connor ripped up the, the picture of the Pope on SNL and got banned from SNL, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some shit now where it's just like, what? <laughs> Who gives yeah. a shit? Like, I, I think if someone, if someone was like, I support Trump or I'm voting for Trump, that would be the ultimate controversy that, Yeah. Because country music, where I'm thinking of like Morgan Whalen, that yeah. guy, and that's not really pop culture. So. Right. Well, and, and it's like pop culture at this point. All these people, it's kind of like been there, done that. Like Madonna yeah. kind of being one of the trailblazers in, in sort of like propelling sexuality like that uh, into the mainstream. And then Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Gaga and Beyonce and all these these other artists that have come and kind of like piggybacked off that it's almost like sexuality to me is not shocking anymore that's why the little Nas X thing is no. so interesting to me that people cared uh, maybe I mean putting human yeah. blood in a shoe that might be a bridge too far but let's just say let's say it wasn't blood and let's just say that that was like you know ty- like food coloring or so- something you know, something that yeah. resembled blood, but might not have been because I don't, I don't know where they got the human blood from. I don't know if I can find that somewhere, but I that didn't I didn't find that in my research. So I thought we were at a shortage of blood right now. You would like, have thought. I mean, yeah, it's that. valuable. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, unless he like pumped it because I think they made 600 pairs of shoes. I think that was the count on the shoes. That means that there is enough yeah. blood to fill 600 pairs of these shoes. So maybe that to me is the only controversial thing about um this whole scenario, but the idea of him, I think it's funny. Like the, the, his video, people were like bent out of shape about him (laughs) sliding on on a, on a firefighter's pole and then having gay sex with the devil. Uh, it's funny to me. And, and like, obviously he knew that would like needle somebody, but I just, I had just kind of assumed that we were at a point where nothing can shock people anymore. Cause I'm not really, I can't imagine anything that would shock me. I really can't. Can you? Can you think of something that you'd just be like, what? Like something that would blow your mind? Not really, no. I mean, I've, I've, the internet has been a part of my life since I was like 13. Yeah. So no, nothing can really shock me. Anymore. That's a great point. When I was a kid, we had, um, 
Like you had to go through the FCC to see anything. So if it wasn't on TV and if it didn't get past censors, you didn't see it. But then the internet came around and there were videos being passed around of like people getting killed. Like faces of death was a big thing when I was in like high school, I guess, where it was just like, you want to see a guy get hit by a train? I'm like, not really. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those videos where it's like the the car driving around the curve and then the scary face. Oh, yeah. Those were horrible. Yeah. My siblings would show me those when I was like a child. Oh, those are so traumatizing. Yeah, they used to. Yeah. I remember my mom when we still had AOL and people would like there was a time where it's funny now that, that we're at a stage where just like you have email on your phone and you're just constantly like checking it, whatever. And, you know, um, oh, look at that. I have an email that I have to get to right after we record this. But you have email that you're con- is constantly coming in, constantly coming in, you know. But there was a time where my parents would have like a dedicated window to check their email because you had to like plug the phone into the the wall to get the internet, the cord into the wall. And I just remember my mom sit like doing her daily email check for 10 minutes or whatever it was. And someone sent her the thing and it was like, it was a, I guess it was a, a moving picture, but it was a, it was a picture of like a, like a room like a couch or a bed or something. And it was like, stare at this picture for 10 seconds until you see, like, see, see what happens. And you're just like staring and we're just like, what happens? What the, f-? and then the face pops up. You're just like, ah, it like freaks you out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now we're at a point where kids can just see, kids can see sex, uh, murder, fucking, um, uh, whatever else they want. Literally like that without even really yeah. trying hard to find it. That's why it's like so weird to me that somebody could have. And uh, the other bad thing is that the hip hop community still has a serious issue with this kid. Um, Funk flex mm-hmm. posted on his Instagram account that he thought that the new Lil Nas X song was, was good, you know, and his comments, the comments on the post were bad. <laughs> they were like tough to oh, see. Shit. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't think that community has fully embraced the fact that a guy can be gay and such a spectacle. Um, and so I guess, I don't know. I mean, I guess in, in that aspect of it, it's controversial because he's a rapper doing something really fucking crazy, you know, yeah, nobody's that. really done that. And no man has done that at least in, in rap, but um, I mean, he, I wrote this down. It, the old town road spent 19 weeks on top of the billboard 100. And that's the longest running number one song since 1958. Do you know what the last like, one was? No one. No, okay. I don't, but that's no one has done that's that insane. in years. Yeah, yeah. I know. And that's why it's like, like, so I guess part of the issue is that people see him as a role model because old town mm-hmm. road was like, there were videos going around of him. Um, like playing Old Town Road at like an elementary school and stuff like that. I guess I get it, but it's not really his problem. Like at a certain point, if you're like a 19 year old kid or however old he is, like you got to come into your own and like not every adult can, can or should be a role model, you know? Yeah. Like there were certainly not a lot of role models when I was a kid. It, It depends on what you want. Like if you want somebody who's expressing himself, like to me, I think he's a role model for taking a chance and doing, you know, again, maybe the human blood is like a little too much. Uh, let's, let's make yeah. that like some, uh, like juice or something next time, <laughs> something that might look like yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's like, he's taking a chance. He's expressing himself. And it's like, what's a role model supposed to be like a guy that is just like nice. And he is, I'm sure he is nice, you know, 
Like what what about yeah. what he does is bad. I, I don't know that I would love if it was my kid, yeah, maybe I wouldn't be like Oh, how look how awesome it is. He's fucking Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're not passing it around. Yeah, but. maybe not. But I'm also like I think a lot of people really um confuse character with um spectacle. And I've heard that about a lot of people. Like there's there's tons of people that like just cuz they make something weird or twisted or whatever, like if they're artists like that, that doesn't mean that they're bad people or you don't even really know what this guy's lifestyle is like. Yeah, he's gay, whatever. Like I mean maybe that in and of itself is like a tricky thing still for some parents where they, you know, I I've heard through the grapevine that there are some people that are close to my family that I guess don't don't let their don't have the discussions with their children about like homosexuality and, and stuff like that and kind of like don't condone the lifestyle, which to me at this point is just confusing. You know, I can't really imagine. Uh, I just with that stuff, I don't understand why people care when it just doesn't affect them. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with Lil Nas, like it was funny. I showed the vi- or my mom watched the video and you were saying like, you know, you, you don't understand how people are shocked. And she's like, I made it halfway through and I just I, I just couldn't really. It. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But we're talking about the lady who took me to Catholic church. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. With I think with like the older generations, it's just like they're not that because they haven't they haven't spent their whole lives being shocked and accepting right. queer people and whatever. Like, so they're still grappling with it and not being able to handle right. it. And, and so some, they don't understand that sometimes yeah. you just got to slide on a pole and fuck Satan. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Last thing before we leave, this was uh, something viral that was going around Twitter. I just thought it would be fun to talk about. Um, the Food Network tweeted that uh, you'd have to eliminate one of these French fries from your life forever. So if you could eliminate uh, a French fry shape classic, which are like the fries you get at McDonald's, crinkle, goes without saying, crinkle cut French fries, curly fries, or waffle fries, which one would you eliminate? So I'm curious, Ronnie. What are you thinking? Okay. This was tough, but honestly, I think I'd have to say crinkle. Crinkle has to go. Yeah, because I think waffle and curly, like they taste different, you know, and you got you can't you have to keep original. You got to original, original has cut. to stay. There's no question about it. Has it. To stay. I mean, I yeah. can't. I think waffle kind of has to stay as well. I so you know. like curly fries more than you like crinkle cut fries. I'm not huge on curly fries, but I used to work at Shake Shack where I had a lot of crinkle okay. fries and there's a lot of hype around them. Not that great. So I got to tell you, I think I would get rid of the curly fries. I don't like the, I don't like Respectable. the zest. If I, mm, I, I like it, I'm not going to say that I don't like it, but you know yeah. what it is too? The curly fries taste very state fair to me. And I just mm-hmm, think okay. immediately that curly fries in my mind are just, I just think white trash right away. I can't not. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I think hot dog. Hot dog. Yeah. When I think of curly, curly fries. fries are like curly fries to me are almost like, like we don't have any other fries. So we got curly fries. They're like worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. waffle fries. You're actually, you're so right. right. I used to work at a place and we'd run out of fries and then we would just go to the back of the freezer and like carve out these yeah. curly fries. Uh-huh. Exactly. 
they they uh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. me there was they're always they've always been the the um the lesser of all the the french fries uh i would get rid of mm-hmm. and also i'm glad to see that steak fries weren't on here because i fuck with steak fries so hard and i couldn't yeah I, if it was if the curly fries were not on here and we had to pick between these three and the steak fries i don't know what i would do i love a steak fry so you so you wouldn't even say bye to the crinkle then you like the i crinkle? like the crinkle yeah i and i like i think that okay. wa- so i think i would go classic obviously because you i mean sure the only time classic is bad is when you get them from like a like a frozen bag like the orada fries that yeah. but when you get them from mcdonald's or or even burger king like burger king fries are the worst out of all of them but i still like yeah. them you know whereas they're good crinkle cut from shake shack i like them again i do i agree shake shack is a bit overhyped so yeah uh the crinkle cut fries sort of play into that a little bit which is not great but where do you even get curly Arby's, right? Arby's has curly fries? Arby's has curly is, fries, yeah. Oh, Arby's. Is that the only place yeah. that has them that you can think of? Other than, like I said, a state fair or a boardwalk? Yeah, like a random food yeah. truck on the side Fuck of the road. Fuck that. that if, yeah, other, yeah, if they yeah. were that good, other places would have them. Waffle fries, yeah, also, right. yeah, you don't really see them a lot of places. But Chick-fil-A is, unfortunately, as much as I hate to give Chick-fil-A credit for anything, because they're... They have such a checkered past with their yeah. their uh, public um, uh, disagreement with most social causes that I agree with. I got I love Chick Fil A fries, the waffle fries. I really do. Same. And I have yeah. yet to like Arby's. It's like if I, I could go to Arby's and not get French fries, I, like I'll just be like, I don't need those. That's like extra shit that I don't need. Give. I'd rather eat another roast beef sandwich than some of these French yeah. these crinkle these uh, curly fries. So. God, I haven't had Arby's in a minute. For good reason. Your stomach thanks you. Yeah. No, definitely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ronnie. I think this has been a fun little catch-up episode for us. We're back in full force next week. We got some bonus content coming at some point. It's coming, guys. Uh, Shout out to Richie Berg, who I know uh, has been asking for extra uh, content because he listens to us on on his walk. Uh, He loves to crush these episodes. Shout out to Richie. so hopefully we'll start turning out some stuff uh, a little more rapidly for you. Um, but yeah, back in full force next week. Ronnie, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at, at Ronnie side. And that's about it. And I, of course, am at Mike Coscarelli. This show, obviously, this week's episode is sponsored by Carhartt. Because if you're watching on video, I'm wearing both a Carhartt hat and a Carhartt shirt. So I am Gen Z now. Uh, (laughs) but next week who knows we'll see what happens Um, thank you for listening guys please rate review and subscribe to the show and tell a friend uh, counting on you make me a rich man and make Ronnie kind of rich too help me pay off my student loans yeah help Ronnie pay off her student loans because God knows she's not going back to college (laughs) All right, guys we'll talk to you next week goodbye Mike Coscarelli Rules is hosted by Mike Coscarelli Executive producer, Mike Coscarelli. Supervising producer, Mike Coscarelli. Associate producer, Ronnie Side. Edited by Mike Coscarelli. Sound design by Mike Coscarelli. Podcast and social artwork by Chris Cheney. Special thanks to all the losers and the haters.